Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. He's going for goals. this track. The Captain. If anyone knows me, I love 80s classic rubbish pop. Player. It's kind of interesting where he was at that point in any, any time. OJ. The word I've got here circled is savvy. It's just savvy. And other special guests. Oh, I love it. Alright, so welcome back to another episode of the Peach and Black podcast. We are back again in amidst a lot of interesting news and a lot of interesting things that are happening. So, welcoming to the show now, Player. Yo. Toe Jam. Hello. Captain. And the MC, someone's been drinking that purple juice as well. <laughs> oh, God. All right, might be a little bit crazy this time around, but let's get into it. Um, news. Plenty of stuff going on. Uh, and before we get into all that, I'm going to start off by firstly extending a further thank you to the infamous Shelby for... Uh, well, for the Peach video, <laughs> from my point of view, but for, for coming on our show and, and, and doing the episode uh, a couple of weeks ago now and, and for answering some questions, some difficult questions as well. So thanks a lot again, Shelby. Glad to have you back on the show, possibly at some time in the future. You never know. You never know uh, in, the, in the Prince world. Um, thanks, and, Shelby. And, you had your aner- aneurysm. It. I had my aneurysm, yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's just, it's, from a gay preacher to a sinner. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> Such an awesome video. I know the minute the video came out, people started having thoughts about it, and by and large, the, the comments are, are pretty, um, pretty positive. And I don't know how could how could how could you not? It's like an awesome band playing a really cool um, jammy. I call it a jammy version of of Peach, and I, I love his solos and the facial expressions. You know. Um, and the whammy just, bar at the start. Yeah, yeah how cool is that? Awesome. Well, you know you love it, Captain. You loved it. Bloody whammy bar. <clears throat> you loved every minute of it. It just brings back such good memories for me. So I'm being selfish and talking about me, me, me all the time. But that's just... Out of all those videos, um, Peach is the one. I just love it. Yeah. So yay, Shelby. Thank you. Thank you. And now let's go into something, um, something a little bit different, which is uh, Paris. Uh, and, God, there's, there's a lot to talk about here. Um, oui, oui. Sorry? Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oui, yeah, oui. exactly. Oh, um, oh, God, where do you start? I guess let's start with the gigs being announced because that's really the beginning, um, as far as I can remember. Uh, and shortly after the, the shows were announced, which I believe were announced, they were announced as two shows in one night again in yeah. Paris. Yeah. Really. yeah. Uh, and then there was some promo artwork, the all-day, all-night promo artwork, which I personally thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, no. I thought that artwork was horrible. Oh, really? Cool. Uh, Are you serious? It just seemed really like, here's a picture of Prince, let's make his face blue, and we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll stick a symbol in the back, and yeah, that'll do. That's what it's uh, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I really, like, when I saw it, I wanted to be at those gigs just to get by the poster. Yeah, it's cool. I thought it was really awesome. Yeah, I just thought it looked a bit. It looked it looked like Phantom of the Opera, which I yeah. think was awesome. Yeah, with the masquerade with the mask. Yeah, and yeah, it's cool. 
That's really cool. I thought it was okay, but it didn't look like the most professional job yeah. I've ever seen. It looked like uh, a good idea. I like the concept of it, but it just looked a bit cheaply made. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe the, the end result, the way it came out, if you, if you want to be nitty and gritty about it, it might not have been <laughs> designed exquisitely, but I like the, I guess, uh, the concept more so. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we had that. We had... Um, the promo tour, some of which, I mean, some of the promotion. There was a there was a September interview, so that was obviously well before the the, the, the actual gigs. Um, then there were the fashion shows. Anyone got any thoughts there? Yeah, Prince bought his handbag, Bria. <laughs> <laughs> They're together in yeah, whatever yeah, there's, capacity there's, there's it is. There's rumors. There's rumors things are happening there. Mm. Oh, I haven't heard these rumors. What are we referring They're to? They're out here? there. They're out there. <laughs> what, what, are we going to mention them on the show? Or are you just going to say... Yeah, no, in, Captain. Wait let's the, uh... wait till Prince officially announces that they're together. That'll happen. <laughs> Hasn't he already done that? Via... Has he? I don't know. I thought listen, it was someone else. Listen to the last album on Elixir again. I think that might give you a clue. <laughs> 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 um... Yeah, so then, anyway, the fashion shows were kind of interesting. Pimpin' as usual, stylish as usual. Um, cool, cool clothes. With a, with a hot woman as usual. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, cool, cool, cool clothes, cool style. And it kind of, any time that I see that kind of stuff, I just think, you know, that's fine. You know, like, he's, he can do what he wants. Like, he's just doing what he wants to do. But... The funny thing that, that I saw online somewhere was um, a French website. I don't know if you guys all saw this. They had a little video clip of some footage of him arriving and then leaving the fashion shows, and I, I couldn't stop laughing. They'd, uh, they'd ask him questions, and he never actually responded verbally. Oh yeah, yeah. He'd just nod his head or give them a bit of a thing, which I thought was which I thought was funny. It was like exclusive Prince interview, and then they just show him nodding his head and <laughs> into a limo. <laughs> So that was pretty tongue-in-cheek. That was, that was funny to see. I think uh, it was just um, really good on Prince's side of things. This, you know, this little mini week of a tour, how he, he really promoted it. He, you know, he went out, he went to all the fashion shows, he did the TV, he did the radio. Uh, it was really well um, planned on his behalf, which is you know, not always the case. So, again, it was a nice little promo tour, I guess. Yeah, it's like, it's like he's getting behind Lotus Flower again because of this re-release in France that he's just trying to give it a bit of promotion mm. which is good to see that it's coming back yeah God, is it ever good to see I mean th- those are brilliant albums I still listen to them yeah you know I don't listen to them as often as when they were released but f- you know for the last 10 from the last 10 years of material I listen to these albums you know they, some of the most listening is, is done with um, Lotus Flower and MPLS Sound in Mind I just think they're brilliant so you know, it'd be it, what would be really interesting is if he did more gigs somewhere towards the end of the year, and then maybe first half of next year, and he was still playing Lotus material, or even imagine if he was introducing more and more songs. Um, that I think that would prove that he his opinion of the material. He'd have a pretty high opinion of the material, and that he wants to play it live. So we'll see what happens. Well, someone yeah. asked him at the press conference in France. You know, is there going to be a a residency or some kind of tour or something, and the answer he gave was pretty cryptic. So he didn't flat out say no. So. Okay, here's the reason why I'm going to flat out and say no <laughs> to all of our listeners and to the to the panel, to the Peach and Black panel. Uh, if you look back at historically at Prince's tours, he has never 
done a European tour, as far as my knowledge is concerned, between early November, which is like you know start of winter in Europe, to yeah, February March. Never. It's never ever happened. And for whatever reason, I don't think he's going to break it this time and set up a residency. If it's if there's going to be a residency anywhere, it's going to be outside of Europe, and it's going to be in a warmer climate. And you know, it was funny when I was doing this little analysis. It wasn't. I didn't particularly want to mention it during this show. Um, it might not be that interesting, but I'll, I'll just mention that there's definitely a pattern when you look at Prince's touring life since since really since 7980, and and um, there's not many exceptions to that pattern. So. If he's going to tour anywhere, he wouldn't even necessarily be touring the States during that time because it's going to be freezing. And, and he doesn't tend to do that. So you know where it isn't freezing around December, January? <laughs> In the land down under. <laughs> That's where he should be playing. So uh, an open invitation for Prince to come to, to Australia and, and then do Hawaii again if he wants. Um, yeah, so let's start with some of the gigs, I guess, because... As far as I know, the gigs came before the uh, Canal Plus, etc. appearances. Yes. So the Grand Palais shows, two shows in one night. Thoughts about set lists and anything else? Keep it legal. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, interesting um, building he chose to to stage it. Supposedly the acoustics weren't that good, which is which is which I don't understand because. If if he wants to play in an interesting building and the sound, wouldn't he be asking those questions? Or well, what, what's the building designed for? Is it a museum or a, it's not designed for shows? No, it's, not it's, it's some, for some sort of aircraft hangar. <laughs> I, I don't know, mm. but I've I've heard a lot and read a lot about the fact that they weren't, you know, the, the acoustics and the sound wasn't great. So it's like. It's funny, actually, because there was a lot of complaints on the website. So, oh, the sound was pretty average and all this. And then, you know, again, Prince came out on the press conference saying, oh, you know, he really wanted to play in this historical venue and he was really impressed with the sound and the energy and all this kind of thing. So, hmm, yeah. I don't know. It's almost like, um, I wonder, you know, if 10 or 20 people say the sound was bad and the gig held, like, a couple thousand, yeah, maybe right. it was. maybe they were the ones in the corners and... You know the sound didn't hit them directly or whatever. It's not like yeah. it might not be. It might not be every seat is a good seat kind of place. Yeah. You know. So oh, there's lots of places like that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. But the thing um, I thought when I saw people complaining about the sound was Prince seems more concerned with all the flash and glitz of the look of the show, but don't worry about the content so much. That's what I thought. Yeah, kind of. And looking at the sort of disjointed, all over the place set list, that made me think even more of that. But anyway, it's good to see him going back to uh, like girl. I don't think he's ever played girl live from memory. Mm, It's an interesting song titles that he chose. Yeah, and mountains. He hasn't played mountains for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. How cool was that? And it's it sounds good. Like the arrangement and the Mm. playing is really cool. Really fresh. The, the the backing vocals are getting lots of praise because yeah. they sound pretty good. They sound pretty good. I was a bit skeptical when I heard that it was going to be Eliza Shelby and uh, what's the third girl's name? Liv. Liv. Yeah, I was a bit skeptical. I was like, ah, oh, 
I wasn't that impressed with the what they did on the Leno appearance. Um, but having what I've heard uh, and all the comments they're getting back, they're actually really tight, those three. Really tight harmony, so it's, it's great to hear. I just find it weird that Elisa Figueroa's back after how many years? Yeah. Because he did that album with her, what, I Am. That I was am. like, what, 90, 91? 91, that was a long yeah. time ago. I mean, how do you think, and, and now she, how just, do you think she, she feels? Just, now she just turns up as, as it turns up as a backup singer, like, 18 years later. It's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> she might live in Paris. She, she might do. Oh. Uh, yeah, so it's two shows in one night, similar to the Montreux and the, and the Monaco stuff that he's been doing. Uh, I think it's great that he does two shows in one night. It's just, just that fact alone. I think it's just brilliant because there's nothing better than, even if it's just a 90-minute min, show, and I don't mean just 90 minutes as a negative thing, but just to say that, you know, sometimes some fans are used to, like, much longer shows, but if it's 90 minutes only, and then the show's over, and you wait another hour and a half, two hours, there's nothing better than coming off that high and thinking, oh, there's another show to go. You know, in the same night. This is brilliant. It's unbelievable. It's a great experience. So he's, he's doing, I think he's doing it the fans. Fans that have got tickets to both shows when he does these things. It's just brilliant. It really makes a memorable night. And it, and it allows him to, to, to try out new things, you know, different different audiences or, you know, the different sets have different dynamics. It's, it's, I think it's a really good idea. Yeah, there's a lot of people, out, again, you know, a lot of people out there complaining that he played basically the same show twice in a row. But, again, I agree with you. I think he does it because he knows that basically it's going to be sold out. So there's going to be a lot of people who are disappointed that they didn't get to see it because it's going to be sold out. So do two shows, allow twice as many people to come and see it, basically. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with people going to both shows, but as long as you understand that there's a good chance the second one's going to be pretty similar to the first. Yeah, and you know, again, I'll bring up Montreux very quickly. That happened in Montreux, it happened in Monaco as well to a degree, and it's happening here. I, for one, absolutely love it because what it does from a memory point of view, it reinforces it. It reinfo- When you think about it months, years later, you, you just remember it more because, you know, just because of the fact that he's repeated songs a few a few times and you think oh and you just get a much more vivid picture how many times have you been to a gig and you're so floored by the performance and generally Prince is involved when you're floored by performances um, and you think to yourself oh yeah, that was amazing but you just remember fragments but if you see it twice it's like oh I can really remember that song sometimes I don't know it's, I think it's a great it's a great thing that he's doing and he's, he's challenging himself yeah it's almost like a variation of the show and then having an after show it's a little bit like it's like he's keeping that tradition of doing two shows a night, but it's more um, a main show, a two main shows instead of a main show and an after show. So then a day later, if I'm correct, he does the La Cigal, I believe is the is the way you pronounce it. He does the La Cigal gig in a club that's probably the size of if anyone knows the basement. It was that size it, it, in capacity, diff, way way different construction. Capacity actually, it's probably closer to um, the forum at this is for all the Sydney siders. Um, the forum at Entertainment Quarter, Moor Park. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, so yeah, just, yeah. Just to give all the Aussies out there to an idea, or Sydney siders, I should say, <laughs> how many of those are listening, um, of, of the size of it. So it's a very small place. Um, any thoughts on, on the set list? Because I think it was amazing. I, lo- I yeah. like it a lot better than the, the other two shows. Yeah. 
I found I, f- I found the fact he did the same set annoying, even though I wasn't there. <laughs> I, I I think the the last cigar is a lot better set list. Yeah, it's Classic I mean it's not true. that much more. Doesn't seem that much more structured. I just like the, the song choices better. Yeah, it's, it's great to see him throwing in uh, Lotus Flower stuff, Old School Company, Crimson and Clover, Dance for Me, No More Candy, Dreamer, Dreamer. So it's it's great to see him, you know, really pumping out, trying to promote the album, which is great. The weird thing was he didn't play anything of that during the other two shows. He played nothing, didn't he, from Lotus Flower? That is a weird thing. And yeah, then then he has an after show, and then he plays like four or five songs. Uh, maybe you knows his hardcore fans really love those tracks and maybe the more random ones don't don't like them as much I don't know it's just it's such brilliant material to me that it's weird that you wouldn't play it more I've got to say I think Dance For Me doesn't really work live it just it didn't do it it didn't do it for me disagree (sighs) but no no more candy for you excellent that thing rocked on the TV show Dance For Me just it, it just didn't seem to up to that level that it, it could be. I oh, man. I was going to say completely the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with MC on this one. I think it's brilliant. I wasn't convinced with that performance ah. of that song. Anyway. It's got that more bounce to the ounce. Bass yes. That zap kind of. Yeah, bass. For sure. like I love all bass. that stuff, but I'm yeah. not. I'm the Latin breakdown. I don't know. It kind of seemed a bit. Nah, that doesn't think, work but, either. I don't you know, know why you guys say it doesn't work. I don't Prince, understand that. It doesn't work. Prince, it's kind of like want... we've kind of heard him do that kind of thing quite a bit. And I just want Prince to get over this Latin thing. <laughs> just chucks like, it in all over the place. It's, it's annoying. <laughs> that's the thing. Like dance for me is funky enough as it is. You don't need to throw all that bit in it. But anyway, it's still it's still good. I got no yeah. complaints with it. I don't have a problem with the Latin thing. I, th- I thought it was I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool that he bre- that he broke it down. It gave the end of it more energy, and the fact that a lot of his licks are kind of half Santana half Prince inspired Latin workouts uh, that gave it a I don't know it was, I think it was great I don't know players got any more superlatives to add to that <laughs> <laughs> nah I mean what can you say it's, yeah. it's awesome I think it's it's a good crack that they tried something a bit Latin without having Renato there because he seems to do it they, they seem to do that breakdown more with, with him in the yeah. band yeah mm. it makes me notice Renato is not in Paris mm, there's a new girl does that mean Renato's gone no, no, do no, no, I no. sound too optimistic when I say that? No, no, he's uh, I love Renato. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, mate, he's apparently, not... apparently, Prince has still got this um, jazz project that features Renato, Ronda, and John Blackwell. Yeah, that'd be awesome to hear. So I think that's still like a side project and still in the background somewhere. And then he's oh, using the Dunham. News too. I can't wait. I, I reckon he's done. I reckon he recorded it's it nine too. months ago. Probably. And now he's just hinting, oh, we've got this thing happening. Yeah. It's done. Interesting. So, um, so since we're on the gigs already, um, uh, so not on the gigs, on the uh, TV appearances, excuse my French, um, <laughs> no candy, no can- so no candy for you. Excuse my French. <laughs> few who people like no more candy for you, I'm one of them. I think all of us do, actually. Yep. Great awesome. song. Awesome best, best song on that album, and it was probably it, the it, best song at that gig. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's bloody tore the, tore the place, tore the roof off. And it, not only did it do that, but it's just, it's the live day. Well, maybe it might not be the live debut, but it's definitely the live TV debut of that song. Mm. And um, God, that's what, just play the album. I, uh, if, 
if you listen to this, if you gave me two options and said go, you can attend every every gig, uh, the next ten gigs, or you can attend one gig where for the first set list he plays Lotus Flower and the second set list he plays MPLS Sound, just both of them as they are recorded. Do you know what I mean? Like in in order, mm-hmm. I choose that. Like I just think I just want to hear those songs. They're so good, and they I think most of them can be played well live. How good is it that he's playing it? I just, it's brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Okay, then we got Controversy. Sorry, 1999, I Feel For You and Controversy. Uh, any thoughts there? I know it's stuff that's been played over and over and over again. I, for one, thought the Controversy ending was, was awesome. The Las Vegas shout-out gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice to see 1999 back as well. Like uh, He's been playing it for a couple of years now, but you know there was the six or so years that he just didn't play it. So It still sounds fresh because he hasn't been playing it for so long. Um, but yeah, oh man, I, I still want to keep talking about No More Candy for You. The thing rocked. Yeah. I was seriously blown away by that performance because, A, I had no idea he was going to play that and no idea he was going to play it that well. It is very good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's as funky as it gets, that performance. Like, and I like the backing singers, how they, when they oh, sing, it's like, they're like opera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love like awesome. all the little, you know, shaking the finger while they're doing it. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> to all you haters on the internet. I wonder who that, that. By the way, that wasn't a um, <laughs> that wasn't a shot at the Peach of Black podcast. I'm we sure. hope not. <laughs> he's talking about me. <laughs> Don't flatter he, yourself. He says he he knows my number. I'm a, I'm a fool. <laughs> <laughs> it's O2. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does rock. The performance does rock. I. It's just every time, and every time you watch, I don't know about you guys, but I've seen that time and time again, and it's just, it's just brilliant. It's just the whole, that whole TV appearance is one of the better ones of recent times, I think. It's really good stuff, and you know, this stool controversy, which isn't even a controversy. Oh, I, 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 I don't even want to. I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't even want to hark on too much about that, but mention it and uh, and mention the the doctor. Who the doctor? Yeah, something or other. Uh, Doctor Dr. Berry, Doctor Halle Berry, Doctor Halle Berry, Doctor Halle Berry dot com. But you know, mentioned something straight from the source, supposedly uh, about the stool was used as a prop, and I'm I'm sure it was. You know, I'm sure it was too. But you know, the the last couple of years, everyone's been going on about his hips and all that, and that's fine. But you know, if you're going to sit down during performance, that's the first thing that people are going to jump on. Yeah, of course. So, it, I mean, it's it's to be expected, really, mm. that someone's going to say something about that. But anyway. They don't want to quit. <laughs> but that's the thing, <laughs> like, maybe, <laughs> maybe I wasn't looking hard enough, but I didn't even see that many people talking about it. Yeah, no, neither did I. That's why when I said... Out, I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. That's why when I said the stool controversy, I said that kind of... I don't even know why I said, why I said it that way. It's not, it's not really a controversy. You're right, not... He's made it more of a controversy by releasing the statement. Yeah, releasing a statement. Yeah, and I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting that he even bothered to comment on something like that. When has he ever done that? Yeah, it's just strange. You see, if you make a comment like that, there's got to be a rationale behind it. And would if everything, this is going to sound probably a little bit naive, but if everything was all right, quote unquote, would you make that comment? Would it really? you mind and and Toe Jam's right there wasn't much of a hullabaloo made about the stool in the first place only a few people kind of posted on random print sites so 
what's the rationale behind it? Mm. It's strange. Strange. Because, yeah, there wasn't a lot of talk about it, and then he brought it up, and then everyone started talking about it. Mm. It was just, why? <laughs> I have to admit that when I, when I first watched, the, when I saw the performance of Dance for me, um, I didn't even, like, I noticed he wasn't, he, he was le- sitting and slash leaning on that stool, but I didn't think anything of it at all. Because the performance was so damn funky. Didn't make any difference, but anyway. Getting on with the show, and before we go to the RTL radio appearances and all that, all that other good stuff, is a, a little thing I wanted to mention. Um, going back to the last cigar gig, uh, I actually know someone that was there Ooh. that night, and um, I, I'm not going to reveal his name just in case he doesn't want me to. Mm-hmm. But not, not that there's anything wrong with revealing his name. But uh, one of the guys that I met in Montro, great guy, lovely guy. Um, Actually, two two guys that I met there, and um, and possibly a third. But anyway, I know, I know at least one or two people that went there. And this guy that I'm referring to um, actually not only got to shake Prince's hand at the at the gig, which which he was jumping up and down like a little girl over, I'm sure. <laughs> but he actually held the honer. I believe it's the honer anyway. He held his guitar. So Prince supposedly handed him the guitar at some point during or after the gig and let him hold it for a bit and then he gave it back to him. So I just wanted to mention that because, you know, I, I heard it I heard it firsthand and, and that was cool. I think he, he wrote a few Facebook posts about it. So he sent me an email. He said, oh, I can't believe this happened. It was like the greatest thing ever. And I'm just thinking, imagine if, if, imagine if you held that. Because it's not about holding the honer, that model only, but imagine that the the one with all the scratches and you know the beast itself <laughs> that'd, that'd be awesome I, I'd almost be tempted to like get it out of tune a little bit while he's not looking and see if he noticed <laughs> <laughs> like he picks it back up and he starts jamming on controversy and it's like huh? why is his sound technician? yeah exactly uh, so that, that that was just something I wanted to, to put in there but um, okay so then more appearances radio appearances um, feel better uh, feel wonderful Feel better, feel good, feel wonderful. However, it goes and mountains slash shake your body. Two songs that were performed. There might have been more, but those were actually released on um, online through through various um, official sources. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, legal sources, and also on lotusdale.com. Thoughts on those appearances and those songs? Acoustic. Yeah, acoustic. I sure I forgot to mention shit. Acoustic yeah. performances. Yeah. yeah. Mountains. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> It sounded good, good, though. It sounds good. But I was a bit skeptical when I saw it was going to be acoustic. And then when I heard it, I thought, oh, that, that really fits the song. But it's all ba- the backing vocalists, mainly driven. That's the thing, that, that not, and not just those songs. I mean, in a fair few songs, the, the backing vocals are the, the main vocals. And Prince is just sort of sitting back. Yeah, they'll, they'll sing it. I'll just play the guitar because I'm funky. And sing That's the song. Awesome. No, that's awesome. The song. <laughs> I didn't go there to watch bloody Elisa Fiorillo sing a Prince song. But then I want to see Prince sing not, a Prince song. It's not as if it's not as if they're um, taken over. Yeah, he's oh, in man, there. He's, he's just a bit have. softer than they are. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure Elisa could bash him easy, and that's why he's he's a chicken. He's just letting them sing the pop stuff. He's he's been threatened, and he's, he's just sitting chicken. back. He's sitting back on his stool. Uh, <laughs> I think I think you're being ridiculous, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Might be that time of the night. 
Uh, Shelby could take him, no worries. She's, yeah. she's taller than him. She's Miss, Miss Misty Blue. Um, yeah, I, think, I, thought that, I thought they were great as well. I agree with you guys. Yon A, come on, someone yeah, give it up yeah. for him, finally. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's great. It gives that, it gives it that, that bluesy, um, that, that really raw bluesy, bluesy style and, and, and groove to it. I love what he's doing there. Um, and I'm actually a big fan of it. It's just, I think it's brilliant adding, adding a harmonica player. Now, now all we're missing is accordion and xylophone. <laughs> so, and that's going to be complete. Yeah, piano, accordion, that's what you need. Actually, wasn't wasn't there one summer on parade? It probably was. What what he yeah. really not needs, but what would be interesting, and maybe we'll get into this uh, at some point in the future. I was I was kind of thinking about this, and I'll, I'll make a little brief snippet here about um, MC's thoughts about the Ultimate Prince show. Just a little sneak peek. And MC thinks that the Ultimate Prince show would be Prince performing a set list designed completely around a full symphonic orchestra accompaniment at an opera house or at a similar venue. And I think that would just be... I can't even complete the sentence. That's how I feel about it. Like, that's... Forget everything else. That's where it's at. So we might be going into um, a discussion on that at some point. Just want to put it out there. But, um, yeah, those appearances were great. Anyone want to say anything about Paris, about the whole thing. Is he still in Paris? He's most likely left. Well, I've heard they've gone back to the States, but they're going back to Paris. Yeah, the, there's all these rumours about negotiations for a residency, which, yeah, but nothing's come of it, which really annoys me because I'm going over there in a month and I'd really oh, like yeah. to know if it's going to happen otherwise, and I'll be in the right place at the right time. But yeah, if he doesn't not, announce it, I'm not going to be happen. there. I already told you earlier in the show it's not going to happen. Well, that's He's really never annoying. done it before. <laughs> Why would he tour in the middle of winter? He'll freeze himself. I was thinking, actually. He, did he might tour. freeze his hip. He played in Europe in December, and I think it was 98. Yep. So take Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, I meant every year other than that. <laughs> every tour except that one. Yeah. yeah. I love which, one another. Which started wrong? in January. I said tour. That was barely a barely a barely an after party. <laughs> Now, so did he really? But, but was that part of the tour? Or did he just play some select gigs during December? I think it was pretty he extensive. A lot of gigs. He played like fourteen gigs in ten days or something stupid. It was uh, a lot of shows. Interesting. And it was, uh, he, he won't do it again. Don't worry, Captain. <laughs> he can't do it now. He's hip or free and he'll fall down. <laughs> um. So that uh, that's about it. That's all I've got at the moment. Uh, although. But yeah, like you said before, it's very, it's nice and warm this time of year in this country. In Australia or, or <laughs> in Australia, Asia. In or Australia. In, or in New Zealand or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, come and play the big day out, Prince. <laughs> Blow everyone away. How good would that be? Um, no, actually, I, would, I, I wouldn't want him to play that. Yeah, because all the tickets are sold out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can't we'll go. Yeah. We're going to pay a thousand bucks on each. No, what are you talking about? You guys are so naive. Think it, they'll be available on Lattislau. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Overstatement. So funny. Overstatement on the. Uh, You're overnight. so funny. Actually, a couple more things about Paris. The Dunham. The, the, it's a different band. The Dunhams are back. Oh uh, yes. Uh, and and I think they they sound great. Like those performances sound great. And in fact, I think Ronda and um, uh, Blackwell Renato would overplay those songs. There's, that's my statement for the night. Maybe. Probably. I think they would. How could how could John not? Um, Ronda might not. I reckon Renato probably would. 
Um, yeah, but you, that's a that's a positive though. They they can overplay the songs because they're capable, and the Dunhams can't. I think it takes away. Not. Yeah, I disagree with you slightly there because I think it takes away. I'm I'm of the, I'm of a big opinion that when it comes to playing the pure MPLS sound, uh, it's got to be revolution. It's got to be. Yeah, I think it's it, mainly revolution and um, Dunhams. I think I think they've hit it on the head. Those two bands, as far as the stripped down, more stripped down, basic nature. I think they take. This, uh, going off on a slight rant here, but a lot of the classic early '80s Prince material is pretty. How do I put it? Um, it's not over complex. It's not like freeform jazz or anything like that. You know what it's I mean? It's basic. It's basic funk in a sense. So, you know, a, 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 the the black the, the one night alone band that they. They play completely different style of music, and it's like they might be great musicians at what they do. But that doesn't mean they're going to play with the same kind of feel. So I, I, I would, if you, if I was going to the gig and the gig was MPLS sound, I'd rather see Josh and Cora on there than, than Ronda and Blackwell by a large, by a long shot. Well, that's okay because I'll go see the John and Ronda ones. Me too. At Lotus Flower, I, yeah. I got no problem with um, Josh and Cora. They're amazing players, but. Um, I'll always take John and Ron over, over them. Okay. Regardless and, of, and what, regardless of what they're playing. Style. Yeah. Yeah, and, okay. I, and I'll take Michael B. and Sonny D. over any of them. There we go. We should have all been in L.A. at the beginning of the year. We could have all mm. gone to the gig we wanted we should to. should have. Yeah. We should have. Imagine that. Three shows in one night. Um, but you know what? A lot of Have you noticed a lot of Prince's song selection and material now is a lot of... Re- he's going into a lot of revolution stuff. Yes. Like, um, In a Large Room, No Lights, he's revived Mountains, um, the All Day, All Night was originally Revolution song, and it was sort of given to Joel Jones, 87, sort of. He's uh, digging into a lot of his 86, 87, sort of yeah. stuff. So I guess this band, like MC said, sort of suits that. And Mountains. I think it's, I, I mountains. Think it's interesting that he's, that he's pulling a lot of stuff from this particular era. More than, like, any other era, he's really focusing on, it seems like, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think it's interesting that he's pulling material not only from this era, but starting to pull a little bit more from Lotus Flower, yeah. which I think is a testament to that material. If you can play songs from of, from, Lo, from the Lotus Flower project side-by-side side with the classic 86 to 88, let's say, period, that's, you know, that's a, um, a good measuring stick. Yeah. So... So that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, we've mentioned um, that, that obviously they've got a new keyboard player. Uh, he's got a new keyboard player, etc. Et Just before we go into the next um, part of it and close out this this little news roundup, uh, any thoughts on what's going to happen next? I mean, we've mentioned maybe there's a residency. What's going to happen f- for the end of '09 and potentially next year, as far as music, albums, tours? What's going on? I predict. Uh, I think the Montreux DVD is still coming. I think that's coming out. I have no evidence to think that, but that's what I think. I think that'll come out as part of the Lotus Flower. You'll be able to download it or you'll send it out as part of your Lotus Flower package. Uh, as for gigs, who knows? It could be anything. You could do whatever he wants. Okay. Any more predictions? I'd like him to play some um, some shows in the United States of America. Um, particularly particularly between November 23rd and 29th. <laughs> Anywhere in Los Angeles would be fine. I'll be there. 
that's my prediction. <laughs> but you'll be there regardless. Yeah. I'll be waiting outside the place anyway. Player predictions? Um, I predict there'll be the Montreux DVD, but I think he'll announce that about six weeks before Christmas so that it gets released and then you buy it in the lead up to that. And I think he's... I don't know if he's going to roll with this all-day-all-night concept. So if he's going to roll with that, maybe that's the next album, possibly. Oh, he can he can release an album of, of Revolution stuff. Mm. Like this Roadhouse Garden thing that never happened. Mm. That could be interesting. Because I mean I mean I'd he's still that. pushing this he's still pushing this lotus flower, but I guess he'll be working on something next, so I guess he that's in the that will be in his mind. And the fact that he's going through all this revolution stuff, maybe he's gonna revive some of these songs or something like that. I think that's what's next. If that happens, if that turns out to be the next album, I just hope it's not, you know, the Dunhams and the reinterpretations of these classic songs. Well, I in a large room with no light. Down the in a large room with no light got released for Montreux, reinterpreted. Was that Dunhams though, or was it? Blackwell? No, it was it was Blackwell and all that. But it yeah, got... see, that, that was okay. It was a bit jazz light, but it was still not too bad. Mm. It could have been worse. Different band. I thought it was a brilliant interpretation of that track. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even so much an interpretation, but, but a variant. The more I listen to it, the more I appreciate that one. And actually, the, if you guys have heard that one on, um, on headphones, one thing that I find really interesting is that it probably wasn't slapped together very quickly. The production work on that song is immaculate. And you'll notice that when Renata's playing some of his stuff... Um, there's some um, really cool little guitar leaks that Prince is doing, and they, they alternate between left and right channel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else has heard that. Yeah. And, and there, there's a few other intricacies there that give me the impression that it might have been recorded a little while ago with that band when they were you know playing together a little bit more, um, or maybe for the rehearsals uh, during the rehearsals for the Montreux and Monaco stuff. Um, because he obviously, he probably would have known that he's doing Monaco, etc. So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, it could have been recorded six years ago. It could have been. It could have been the day after news was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the other, well, I'll leave you guys with my prediction, which is nothing specific other than to say two things. Uh, I don't think the Montreux DVD is coming out, and I'm not saying that to because of reverse psychology because I think Prince will listen to this and release it <laughs> to, <laughs> to prove me wrong I'm saying that because it's I lost just, momentum I just think yeah it's lost momentum and he's moved on to other things um, as much as I don't want that to be true but my big prediction for 2010 is it, it might be just a flippant thing to say but I think he's going to do something that he has never done before and what I mean by that is um something to do with either a residency, the way that he's going to play live gigs, but I think it's going to be really more focused towards um, towards the fans and digging into his back catalogue even further. But I don't know what that's going to be. It could be... I don't know. It could be remasters. It could be a huge year on, on the website. It could be... It could be a number of things. It could be... Um, some sort of box set material 
it could be anything. It could be outtakes. It could be Crystal Ball 2. Could, I just have a big feeling that 2010 isn't going to be the year where Prince releases another massive album. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be something a lot more... <laughs> I was going to say a lot more interesting, but a lot more... Um, Intimate. A lot more, yeah, that's probably the word. I think we're getting back to the... To a similar... It's, it's, it's kind of like an ONA atmosphere a little bit. I, I just feel as a Prince fan, it's much more exciting now... 2009 than it was in, you know, even since Musicology so yeah, with, with sound checks we want sound checks and rehearsal things that'd be brilliant and then three shows and then two after shows and then <laughs> <laughs> 79 <laughs> hours with Prince <laughs> only $7,000 yeah it, it'll be cool you know maybe it'll be the symphony thing that I mentioned before you never know you never know I just think he's he will surprise everyone ridiculously I just have a gut feel not based on anything I don't have any sources or connections but something big is coming something <laughs> big is coming it would be so funny if he, he'd actually already planned it all and you know he already had the orchestra ready to record he's going to listen to this and go I'm not going to do it now I'm not doing that <laughs> fans want that I cannot do it yeah and Peach and Black guys the, you know who gave them the scoop not doing it Oh, with with um, uh, we didn't really touch on it in this episode, but he did a few French interviews, and I think one of the things he said was um, about he he feels more comfortable or prefers doing residencies now. So it's it's probably a sign things to come. Yeah, it's not surprising uh, either. Mm. I mean, they, he doesn't he benefits completely from that situation. Yeah. You know, he can he can make the sound, he can perfect the sound over time. He can have his own stage. He can have his own format. The people come to see him. It's brilliant. He doesn't have to move around on a tour bus. You know what I mean? Just... Travel traveling is a pain in the ass for anyone who's ever been on a tour. It's a pain in the ass, and traveling on a bus is not as much fun as you'd think. And and the other thing is that I think what you'll notice is um, most artists tour because they have to. Yep. And most artists. Maybe not tour because they have to, but they tour as much, and they tour in the way they do because they have to. It's part of their contract. It's a part of the record company deal. It's a part of the whole. They make PR more money that way. Camp- and usually makes a lot more money than the albums do. That's yeah, right, and they yeah. make a lot more money. But he's in a position now where he doesn't report to anyone but himself. Well, he doesn't report to anyone other than God, but he also doesn't report to anyone other than himself. Um, and he can do what he wants, so it's perfectly understandable. You know, he's like. Well, just going to do 21 nights in London and have the people come to me it's a bril- that's a brilliant idea to me I've got no problem with him doing residencies as long as he announces them more than he had three days before it's going to start mm. give people some some notice it's not that hard it's really yeah. not I know you like to do things at the last minute but come on people have got arrangements and lives let me, let me put already it, put in his, he's already put in his dates let me put it to you this way. <laughs> yeah, let me, come let, on. Let, let me put it to you this way. If if you announced, if Captain, if you and your band announced a gig that you're playing a gig in three days, and you rock up to the gig and it's sold out, and it was sold out within the first fifteen minutes, it went on sale. What, what kind of motivation have you got for giving people? And, and like people are lining up and they're sleeping the the night before to get inside. Like there's queues like you wouldn't believe. Like the the demand outstrips. The supply in each case. Why announce them earlier? You're making the money. 
your hardcore fans that can come see you are going to see you. You're playing to a full house. But there's a lot of hardcore fans who cannot come and see you as well. So? So? You'd you, you be half considerate to those as an, people. Yeah, but as an artist, do you, would you really care about that? Would you think about that? Well, I think you have to care know. about I your think, fans. Yeah, I think so too. But I don't, I, don't, I don't know that every artist, or even the majority of artists, see it that way. Like, if, you, if you're touring and you're playing 50 shows in a certain time period, after a while, I would imagine that you're coming out and you're just playing to face it. Like, it's just... You know, if you, if you know where I'm attempting to go with this, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like... You know, it becomes... The, the dollars overshadow everything else. You probably lose touch with reality and that's it. So our expectations are, like, obviously realistic... And I don't think the same can be said for, for pop artists and people that make more money in a single gig than most of us will in a lifetime. Hmm. Well, if he Not has, to say that it's right. If he has lost touch with reality, which a fair few people would say he has a long time ago, maybe he needs to get back in the real world. He's happier than ever. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who are not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point that you make. People but... who spend money, give money to him for his product... He what could, I did. He could make a lot more. How do you think I feel? With a little effort. Yeah, like if, you, if he's rehearsing for a tour, they usually do rehearsals for about six weeks. So if, if they've got the intention of touring or putting on a show, at least they know about it in six weeks in advance. They could at least, yeah, they yeah. could at least say, we'll be intending on doing a show in you know, a couple of months, get ready sort of thing. I think that what I don't know. It also this is probably way more complicated than we could ever understand because we're not a yeah, part yeah. of the, that business and what exactly. he's thinking. Yeah. But he's probably thinking what a, uh, he might be thinking completely the opposite. He might be thinking Paris will not know what hit him. I'm going to announce this gig and I'm going to do it in like a three or four days. It's going to be hysteria. People are going to be going crazy. They're going to get tickets when they finally get into that auditorium. Can you imagine the the atmosphere and the hype and everything? Like. You know, on Monday, I went to work. I came home that night, logged in, and found out that on Friday night, there's a Prince gig in my town. Like, people just... Maybe it's a way of generating hype as well. I mean, you've got to think of it from all different perspectives, I think. One thing is... We want to go us, every gig we can. Us being in Australia, I've got a lot of different perspective. That's true. Apart from you insanely going to Montreux, yeah. we can't just fly to London in two hours and or Paris or whatever and see the shows. If I was in London, I would have gone. No problem. Yeah. You skip work, who cares? Yeah. But from Australia, yeah. you can't take, you know, eight days off to do that. <laughs> exactly. So it's a bit, we've got a bit different view down here, I think. Yeah. And yeah. a different expectation too. Yeah. I mean, if he announced a residency well, in Paris in exactly one month, I could be there. I could book a flight tomorrow and I could be there. But he's going to announce, you know, a week before. And that's from here, if, you can't do it. If he announces any gigs outside of Australia now, 2011, I can't go. <laughs> I can't afford it. I can't get there. I can't take time to work. I can't leave. Slam. <laughs>